the Arrows of Podcast. This is German coming to you on this Thursday night edition of the pod. I wanted to wait until after the Red Sox and Yankee game to to record. It just finished. The Yankees walked off the Red Sox um, as Josh Donaldson uh, took care of the of the Red Sox in the in the ninth inning. So. In the tenth, in the tenth inning, um, so um, no home run by Aaron Judge. He he walked three times. He got on base, uh, but just wasn't able to to get the the home run. He almost hit it to straight center in the bottom of the ninth, which would have been one of the most dramatic ways for him to get sixty one in a in walk off fashion against the Red Sox, and and in that way he would have sent the Yankees to to the playoffs and but it didn't matter Josh Donaldson got the big hit and the Yankees are October bound again so um, let's do some Aaron Judge since we're already here um, the reason why this story I think it's so huge and so important to the game to fans uh, I have a, a little brother and, and, and to me this story is huge for people his age and kids his age because Aaron Judge is doing something that hasn't been done since Barry Bonds and the difference between what Aaron Judge is doing and what Barry Bonds did is there's a purity to what Aaron Judge is doing and a purity from obviously the standpoint of there's no steroids there's no cheating from an Aaron Judge and this is just a dude who's putting it all together and having just an amazing season. And so if he, when he gets to 61, because he's going to get to 61 and he'll probably end the, the season with like 65 or so. It's going to be remembered as one of the greatest displays of hitting in in baseball history, especially because we haven't had anything like this since the steroid era. And we've been wanting this. One of the things that I remember growing up in 98 and that summer when Sosa and, and McGuire were chasing Roger Maris at the time was everything would stop. I remember you would watch ESPN and they would you know, cut the programming. They would go into one of the at-bats because that's how special that was. And it helped baseball captivate... Uh, a lot of fans and it brought them back to uh, a place of, of relevance and I think this is what Judge can do and obviously there's the Otani factor and what Otani can do as well but Judge doing this at a high level and producing um, at a level that I think uh, it's it's special for for baseball and, and, and as a Red Sox fan as much as I hate uh, that the Yankees are succeeding as much as I hate that the judge is in this tear. And in an ideal world, he wouldn't do anything in this series. He wouldn't hit any home runs. He would get some doubles, squawks, but he wouldn't get 61. But Roger Maris got 61 against the Sox, and it's only um, poetic justice, or not even justice. It's only right poetically that judge will hit 61 against the, the Sox. So that's probably going to happen in the next few days or so 
because the anticipation just keeps rising and rising. So it's such a great story for baseball that that judge is 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 gonna get to sixty one and and beyond this season. And obviously the other one we're watching is is Albert Pujols, who almost hit a home run today as well. And, you know, we're all rooting for him to get to 700 for the same reason. There's a purity about Albert Pujols. He he played for a long time. And for, for him to make it to the 700 club, it would be like, yes, this is the return of the good guys after the home runs were hijacked um, by the by the steroid area. And so it's good all around, I believe, for, for the game. Um, and so today... Uh, I want to do some previews to the NFL Week 3. I want to highlight some games. We're not going to go through all of them. And and just get us ready for for the weekend that's ahead for us when it comes to to the NFL. I want to hit on some some boxing as Shakur Stevenson will be fighting this week, this Friday, tomorrow, actually. And uh, I want to talk about the Ima Udoka story, which has captivated the 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 offseason, um, or at least this portion of the offseason. And now the Celtics are in a in a very weird spot. So let's start there. Let's start with Ima Udoka. So Ima Udoka comes out late last night. And if you're in the East Coast, you maybe were asleep. Here in the West Coast, I, I, I was watching it on Twitter and I was like, what is going on? And I just saw a bunch of Celtics fans just going crazy, um, reacting to the news that we didn't know was news yet. Because that's what it was. We didn't know what it was. We, we It was just a rumor that something was going to come out in the coming moments. And then the news breaks of Emil Doka has a consensual relationship with a staffer from the from the team and it's an affair and and it just it's not something that gets broadcasted i'm sure it's something that happens uh we can try to be naive and say this you know there's no infidelity going on in within nba circles but i mean we all know it happens it just has never it never comes to light like this and this story is weird because it's being it's it's being broadcasted as if this is something illegal. One. It's inappropriate and we have to understand the difference. What Ibu Doka did is inappropriate, but it isn't illegal. We've seen over and over again in in these type of cases where it's always it's always the 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 male did something uh, illegal, whether it was rape, whether it was um, abuse, uh, misconduct, all of that. We saw it recently with the the Sean Watson case and and just how ugly that was, and and just 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 a just the terrible uh, actions that the Sean Watson did. And this is none of that. This is just two adults. To, con- to consenting adults deciding to have an affair. Now, I'm by no means advocating for it, for affairs. I'm not saying that's okay. All I'm saying is this is not something that should be broadcasted. 
This isn't something that should be leaked. This isn't something that should be our business as sports fans. Imudoka, you know, Ray, you know, a few hours ago was was announced that he he's going to be suspended for the whole season, and he he came out with a statement and pretty much apologizing and all of that. I just don't understand what is there for him to gain. I don't understand. I don't know how he's going to be able to come back and coach this team. How is he going to be able to stay in that organization? Um, not just because of the team itself and the players, because I'm sure the players uh, go through this type of stuff, and to them it's 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 you know it's nothing. Uh, Doka used to be a player. So it's it's not like this is something new. It's not like this is something that they won't be able to get past it, or they'll be like, "Oh man, I, I can never look at Ime the same way again." That's none of that. My question is, how can the organization have him there? Because now you're making things very awkward. Now we don't know who the woman is that that he had an affair with, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter. We don't need to know because that's none of our business. That's between Ime, his wife, or his his girlfriend or fiance, the woman's husband and family, and that's it. It's none of our business. And I think to suspend him for a year is kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, I think the story is, is funny a little bit, uh, just some of the reaction that's coming out, but... I don't think it should be covered with this like somber tone. It, it just shouldn't. We we have had guys who who do awful things, and we've seen these uh, players that are scumbags. And this is none of that. Imo Idoka is still a good dude. He just had an affair, and if we're gonna make villains of every single person in sports whether they're coaches or players or people in management that have affairs, if we're going to make villains of those people, then I would argue 99.9% of those people are going to be villains. That's what's going to happen. That that That's what goes on there. They, these are people in powerful places. So, I don't I don't get the, 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 the story and how all of this is being covered. Um, from the Celtic side, this has to be uh, just a huge 180. The Celtics, at one point during the regular season, were at 500. We were wondering if they were even going to make the playoffs. We were wondering, should they break up Tatum and Brown? Now, they're in a situation where they go to the finals... They're one, of, they're one of the teams that if you were to look at all the rosters, all the organization, all of that, and say, okay, who do you want to be for the next five to seven years? The Celtics would have been one of the teams you pick because of the team, the owners, because of the players, and because of Ime Udoka. And all of a sudden, they go to the finals, they lose the finals, and it seems like everything since then has unraveled. They had a pretty good off season, but then there was that you know the little drama about Jalen Brown. He liked the tweet of, of you know people don't appreciate him in Boston and all that. And 
they get Gallinari. Gallinari ter- tears an ACL. Now he's out for the year. And now this Ime Udoka with the season, you know, looming. It's September 22nd. Basketball starts in October, uh, mid-October. So this is going to be a huge blow for the Celtics. And I don't know how they're going to respond. And obviously that's going to be the big tell. But I don't know how you can now favor the Celtics to come out of the East. I think we're going to have to see because their top assistant, the guy that could have taken over, uh, is now in Utah. So it's it's a very interesting story coming out of Boston that will continue to... I'm sure, uh, develop, but I, I just think it shouldn't be covered. I just don't. I think this is, it's crazy that this got leaked. I think it's crazy from the Celtics standpoint that they would even want this. You would think they would, uh, um, just want to take care of this thing internally. And it had to come out of Boston. There's no other way that it came out from another, another source. Um, let's do some Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson fights at 130. He's fighting tomorrow against Robson Concierto. sorry. And this is a fight between two medalists from the Olympics, Olympic medalists. Uh, we have uh, Concierto, who, who won gold medal in the 2006-16 Olympics, and Stevenson, who won silver in those same Olympics. Now, Conscientious is 33-17-1, 8 KOs. He he lost to Valdez in a fight that he was winning. He just ran out of gas. He couldn't he couldn't keep up. He's a he he's a great he has a great background in the amateurs. His am, his style's very very, you know, you could tell he's he's had a lot of experience in the amateur rank. He's a he's a He's a boxer puncher. He has good technique, good range, all of that. He has a high tight guard. He has pretty good hand speed. And so this guy is no slouch. It's not like Shakur Stevenson is going in there with a bum. The problem is that Shakur Stevenson is one of the most gifted fighters fighting today. And he has the... The chance to be very, very special in the sport of boxing. I think Shakur Stevenson is going to win. I think Shakur Stevenson is just significantly better. As, as as good as Robson is, it's just there's levels to this. So Shakur Stevenson is at another level. And that's, so that's not what I want to talk about. Shakur Stevenson is, is a huge, huge um, favorite in this fight. But Shakur Stevenson today in the weigh-in came in and he didn't meet the, the weigh-in requirement. And the, his team brushed it off and said, well, we're just going to move up. We're moving up to 135. Now, the possibilities that that's going to bring, obviously, are fun. We we talked about the 135 division with David uh, with all those guys. So Shakur Stevenson joins that party. Um, that becomes an even more loaded division. I think he immediately becomes... The most talent, the most talented guy in that division. My only problem is with with uh, Stevenson, with with what he did about not making weight, 
is the professionalism. I understand that you know maybe your body's getting too big, but you you have to respect the sport. You have to. I'm not a I'm not a a purist about many things, but I think I'm very a purist when it comes to the sport of boxing. And to me, I just think that you have to respect the sport. You can't just say, oh, well, I was going to vacate the titles anyway. You know you're not making weight well before the fight. And so I just, well before the weigh-ins, I should say, not before the fight. And I just didn't like that move. I didn't like how he was very uh, apathetic about not making weight. Didn't care about the opponent. Didn't care about the fight. Didn't care about any of that. And that, to me, just, just didn't sit right. Doesn't sit right. I don't like it. I understand that his body is growing. I understand that, but why take the fight then? Why not just move up before this, and 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 let you know somebody like Gonzalo uh, have this fight against somebody else, somebody else who who's who is at one thirty. And the reason why I problem with this is because Gonzalo is now going to fight against Stevenson. He's probably going to lose. The titles will be vacated, and now. Concierto, because of his loss to Shukar Stevenson, because of his loss to to Valdez, probably won't get a shot at this unless he ha- and he ha- he's gonna have to rebuild. And I just don't think it's fair for someone like him. So I didn't like that move by by Stevenson. Uh, I love his style. I I love him as a boxer. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, I just didn't like that. I I just thought that was uh that that was pretty lame. For him uh, to, to do that, um, but th- it should be a good fight tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, Shakur Stevenson versus Robson Goncieco, where uh, his titles won't be on the line for him, but they will. If Robson's able to pull up the upset, then the titles would would be his. Now, before we get into week three of the NFL, I want to do some winners from week two. And we have some candidates, the Bills. The Bills destroyed the Titans on Monday night. The Eagles took care of business versus you like that and you like that Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Tua with his big comeback win versus the Ravens. But the biggest winner of week two was Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo stepped into a 49er situation all off season that was weird. He was pushed to the side. He wasn't allowed to join the team. He was on the team on paper, but not really in any real way. The 49ers were actively shopping him. He was pretty much told after the NFC Championship game that he was out. His uh, press conference was pretty much him saying goodbye and thank you to everyone. And we were just waiting for him to be traded. There, there's a there's a girl who who keeps uh, drawing. Or the woman, not the girl. The woman that keeps drawing pictures of Jimmy until he gets traded. And she, she's up to like day 200 plus. So, um, But the Vorniners keep him on the roster. They restructure his deal. Uh, Trey Lance starts. Doesn't look good against the Bears. But we say, okay, it was, it was, a, it was a monsoon. So we'll, we'll, we'll give it a pass. We'll give him a pass. And then against the Seahawks, he gets hurt. In the first quarter, Jimmy comes in and the 49ers route the, the Seahawks. And now everyone is 
on the 49ers again, believing in the 49ers again. One of the things that was telling to me, and I've made my my statements and my feelings about Trey Lance very clear, but I'm a 49er fan, and I told David I, I want Trey Lance to be great. I want to be wrong about Trey Lance. I really do. But one of the things that, that to me stood out, and one of the things that I've learned over the last you know, two years or so as, as I've paid a t- more attention to sports and paid um, not more attention necessarily, but paid a different kind of attention to sports is that the team, the organization will tell you what they think of a guy, but the, but the players will tell you what they think of a guy. I'll give you an example. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is you know probably the most corniest guy in the NFL. But Russell Wilson is not liked by his teammates, not respected by his teammates. And you can tell that by if you just look up Richard Sherman and KJ Wright, they have, a, I think, a podcast. And they're constantly throwing shade at Russell Wilson. One of the things that's, was, that's interesting and it's been interesting about Jimmy is how much his players have gone to bat for him over and over again. And I'm sure these guys see his limitations. I'm sure these guys see, man, if 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 Jimmy was 10% better, we'd be the 49ers might have two Super Bowls. But they all come to bat for him. One of the things that was very interesting, very telling in week one, was Trey Lance gets sacked, and as he gets sacked, uh, you just see uh, two the 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 offensive line for the 49ers just running off the field. Not even helping them out. Jimmy Garoppolo sneaks in, the quarterback draw, gets a touchdown, and you just see everybody happy celebrating for him. The 49er team loves Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I don't know if that's going to translate into Super Bowl. I don't know. The 49ers are still my pick to win the Super Bowl. But it does tell you a lot that this football team loves Jimmy. and They're willing to play for Jimmy. And it's almost like they got their guy back. So he's the biggest winner of week two. Let's go into week three. I put on Instagram the the, 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 the preview to Steelers-Browns. And that's pretty much what's happening. Um, the Browns are just running it down the Steelers' throat. Um, but let's do the primetime games. We have 49ers and Broncos Sunday night. And just for disclaimer, I'm not doing the primetime or well, not the prime time. I'm not doing the, the the game of the week on of Fox or CBS because that one changes depending on the city you live in. So, so I'm not I'm not doing that one. But 49ers Broncos, that's Sunday night NBC. See uh, Russell Wilson versus the 49ers. Russell Wilson has the Niners number, and that one should be an interesting game because Russell hasn't looked great he hasn't looked good at all um their defense is the broncos defense is good but nathaniel hackett uh looks lost and this is a good opportunity for the 49ers to go to denver get a big win and everything is set up for them everything is set up for them to get their revenge against russell wilson but it should be a a interesting game just because russell wilson always gets up for the 49ers so that one I'm expecting to be good, but I'm also expecting the 49ers to come out. This is one of those games where it comes down to coaching, and Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. 
I believe in, in Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan is the coach that we all believe he is. And the coach that all the players tells us tell us he is. Then he's going to beat Nathaniel Hackett on Sunday night. The other game we have, Monday night, Cowboys-Giants. Uh, the Giants have a, have a heart. Giants have guts. The Cowboys have Cooper Rush. And... I don't know. Uh, you know, we get fed these AF NFC East showdowns on primetime all the time because they're uh, big markets. Um, not necessarily excited for this one. I think the Giants are going to win this. I think the Giants are going to start 3-0. There's going to be that buzz of the Giants. Um, although Daniel is really bad. He's just really, really bad. And, and, and you know, the Giants have no other option at quarterback. But... Um, they're a good team, not a good team. They're a well-ran team otherwise, and they could win in spite of him. And that's sometimes all you need when you're a team like the Giants going up against like the, a team like the Cowboys. Although I will say the Cowboys defense is good. They're, they have Michael Parsons, who should play. He's dealing with some flu-like symptoms um, this week, but he should be able to play. They're saying it's not COVID. Um, so I, I just, I, I think it's going to be, you know, a typical close, I don't know if exciting is the right word, but close game between two, two NFC East teams where I think the Giants will, will come up with the victory on Sunday night. Let's do, um, on Sunday. On Monday night, sorry, on Monday night, Cowboys starts. Sunday, we get, here's the games to watch. So, I'm giving you four games. I'm giving you what I, th why I think you should watch them, and I'm making my case. Bengals-Jets. Now, I put this game, I picked this game because the Bengals are 0-2. We were told that the Bengals' O-line was, was, uh, was improved. They had revamped it. We were... A lot of us believe that the Bengals were a year ahead of schedule, so they made it to the Super Bowl last year, and they got better on the offensive line. Their defense got better. Man, they were going to be better this year, and so far it hasn't. That hasn't happened, and maybe it's because they've gone against two good defenses, and that offensive line just wasn't going to have a chance either way, and maybe that's what it, what it is, but. Against the Jets, the Jets have a very frisky defense. The Jets have a, you know, I'm, I dare to say a good defense. Not great, not amazing, not astounding. They have a pretty dog. They have a good defense. They're frisky. And the reason why I picked this game is because if the Bengals are going to be the team we think they're going to be, they're going to have to, they have to win this game. They cannot drop 2-0-3. They have to go to the Jets. They have to play the Jets. And they have to beat the Jets. If they're going to prove to themselves, not to us, to themselves that they are the team that we think they are. The, a, a story that came out this week about the Bengals is that Joe Burrow deleted uh, Twitter and Instagram from his phone. Which is always hilarious to me whenever that gets reported. Because so what? Like now they're focused. So they weren't focused before. Because they had Instagram, like come on, like like that, that that means nothing. The second game to look at this week is the Raiders and Titans. Uh, 
No, I have this game because the Raiders are in the toughest, maybe, division in football, the AFC West. Just to keep pace with everybody else, they're going to have to win this one. They have to. The Titans, on the other hand, are in an awful division, probably the worst in football. And this isn't a must win for them, but they're going to have to show some life. They're coming off a Monday night game where they got completely owned on in every single facet of the game. Buffalo just, they just scored another touchdown, I think, Buffalo. It was just ugly what happened versus the uh, versus Buffalo. So they're, they need to have a better showing of themselves come Sunday afternoon. And the Ray, but this is two teams that need wins, two playoff teams from last year that one of them, you know, they, they both need this win. So that's why I have this this game as a game to watch. The second game, a third game, I mean, Rams-Cardinals. And this game is, is a game to watch because the Rams got owned week one against the Bills. They almost gave the game away against the Falcons last week. So they're one and one. Arizona looked dead, looked awful for, what, like seven quarters. They came to life in the end of the Raider game last week. But we're gonna, we need to find out who this, these teams are. Are the Rams good? Are the Rams, have do they have the Super Bowl hangover? Or are the Bills just that, that good that they're going to make anybody look foolish? And... But what about the Falcons? What does the Falcons mean? What 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 does that game mean? How are are you allowing the Falcons to get back into that game? I'm worried about the Rams. Well, not worried actually. I hope they 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 struggle all year long. But you get what I'm saying. I'm not sure this team is uh, the team that is going to defend the title this year. It just doesn't look at the team. It's they have the stink of a team that won the Super Bowl and they know it. They, they have that stink. And um, it's just hard. It's just hard for them to get up for these type of um, showdowns because they, they won it. And they're basking in the glory of that. On the other hand, the Cardinals, do they have heart? Do they care? Does Kyler Murray care about football, about winning, about competing? He just doesn't see. It doesn't give us that impression. And maybe he's, you know, like J.D. Drew. And, you know, but J.D. Drew had a, a grand slam in, in the ALCS to, to to at least uh, make Red Sox fans believe, okay, this guy, this guy has a, he's one of us. We forgive. We accept him. He's one of us forever. So in my book, J.D. Drew is, is good forever. And Kyler Murray, he just doesn't, you know, he sits in the, in the sideline. He's just whatever. Like, okay, cool. And the... Uh, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who says your quarterback can't do that. Your quarterback is, it's just really hard when, when, when your team feeds off the quarterback. And I did, you know, my thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, when you look on the other side and you see Kyler Murray and he's just like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. Whatever. Not a good time. Finally, the last game to watch Packers bucks, old man Rogers versus older man, Tom Brady. Um, this is, you know, more the billing of the names, uh, Brady and all the weird stuff going off the field. 
Mike Evans won't play in that game because of uh, the suspension from last week against the Saints. And Rodgers, I think, is still trying to figure out who he can trust to throw the ball. Um, the difference and the X factor in this game is is that the Bucks defense is really good. And that's the difference between all of this. And I expect the Bucks defense to to be somewhat successful against Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it should be an interesting, fun game. Because both of these guys uh, can still play at a really, really high level. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers at a higher level than Brady at this point. Um, but that should still be a, a good, compelling game for Sunday. So that's... Uh, that's the stuff to look for and the games to watch heading into the the weekend. So um, we'll have a we'll have some some more Aaron uh, Aaron Judge watch on social media. So keep keep an eye out for that. As soon as he hits sixty one, uh, I'll do some reaction to to that, and uh, so you can follow that on on Instagram. But um, and let, let let me know. Let me know what you think about the Imeyudoka story. Is it overblown? Is it is it oh, not okay? Is it right for us to be for us to be making such a big deal out of this? Is it a big deal? I don't know. You tell me. But this is German. It was a podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram. Arrows up. And, um, yeah, vote for our stuff. I'll be putting up the the picks for week three of the NFL. So uh, so you guys can keep count and see which ones you, you get and which ones you're good at, which ones you missed, um, what team screwed you over, all of that. Um, Shakur Stevenson fights on Friday, and uh, we'll have a reaction part to that one and the Canelo fight on Sunday with uh, my guy David. And uh, rumor has it that Harry's coming on tomorrow to talk some baseball. So that one will be up uh, sometime over the weekend. So, yeah. So watch some baseball. Watch Aaron Judge. And watch Chris Stevenson. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. For German, the Ozone Podcast, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.